Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Coda Conversations. Today, we have special guest, Luis Flores. How, how are you doing, Luis? Yeah, no, I'm doing good, man. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks for uh, allowing me to be on your podcast. Oh, man, glad to have you on, man. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, give us a little bit of history on yourself? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, pretty much today, I have, um, call it small tech company, you want to call it, very small, but nevertheless, um, it's a really a team of just me, one other employee, and you know a few contractors. And um, what we do, we kind of do a few things, but we try to focus mainly on like two, three areas only. So we do um, like web app development for our clients. So you know, a client that needs a web app build, right? Of whatever kind of features. It really, as of right now, hasn't been anything that we could cannot handle, but. You know, pretty much whatever idea they have, uh, we would, you know, build it out. And then, but we also manage it as well, right? So we don't just build it and then deploy it and um, and then they have to deal with managing after that. We actually manage it because what I have noticed what happens in these cases is after we deploy an app, uh, at least so far, at least in, to my experience, every time we deploy an app, after we finish with the deployment, they the clients' brains just start, you know, starts rolling of hey, I want this feature, or you know what, it'd be cool, we could do this. Uh now for me, that that's a big plus because that's that's more work, right? I I, I charge for it pretty much more development work. So we start expanding on the app and adding all these features, and then ultimately from there, once everything is somewhat settled, um, uh, because I manage everything, um, then I, you know, I'm able to charge them like a monthly um, subscription slash service fee, right? To kind of mm -hmm. manage it and all that. So that just kind of allows revenue to keep coming in every month as well. Uh, so that's that's like one piece of, of, of what we do. Uh, from a technology stack, just kind of anybody who's interested, um, we use Python, uh, Django framework, uh, Flask um, for the front end. We use uh, Vue.js, um, you know, of course, JavaScript and just, you know, um, things of that nature. I'm, I'm not a front-end guy. Like, I know how to work. I know, I know, I know JavaScript, right? By all means, um, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I do know how to get things done in the front-end. But that is not my I, – I, I enjoy the back-end more than the front-end, put it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, front end, you got to, you know, it's needed by all means, but it is not my, um, what I actually enjoy in ways. Um, but either way, that's kind of, that's one piece of, well, you know, something that we do. And then some, some other aspects, uh, another piece is uh, integration. So I have, I deal with a lot of clients that they want to integrate their system with, you know, uh, be able to communicate with other systems, right? Whether it be, an SAP system, whether it be, um, you know, a trade partner like, let's say, Walmart, uh, Walgreens, you know, the list goes on, uh, Shopify. I'm just naming a few that I have actually worked on, uh, Wayfair, um, you know, uh, things of that nature, right? So, and of course, every one of these is, they all kind of fit in a bucket, but, you know, they're, they're like Shopify, you know, it would be through a RESTful API, pretty straightforward, like, in those cases, then of course the, you have like Walmart and Target. It's through X12 EDI, so um, again, it's 
pretty much it's a, it's a text file, but it's very, um, if you're not familiar with it, it won't make sense when you look at it the first time. It, it's very um, different than like a traditional XML or, or uh, JSON file for sure. Like it doesn't even come close to any of those files. It's kind of, it's a bit cryptic, you want to, because, it, you know, you're dealing with um, segments and then, um, you know, um, qualifiers. And unless you know what those codes represent, then, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But either way, um, and, yeah, again, you know, so either way, whatever whatever message it is that we need to communicate, we build that out. Uh, we'll build the connection for, you know, from trade partner to, let's say, my client system. And then and the, even all of that stuff, I manage all of that as well. So for, for again, kind of going back to after we build it, um, there's certain uh, software that I use to kind of have these jobs execute, you know, whether it be every hour, um, maybe there, there's some web hooks in place where the order gets created, we receive the order, but nevertheless, uh, my middleware will process it and then ends up sending it to the client system, for example, things of that nature. But so again, the, and uh, my mindset when I first started, you know, the 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 company, I was kind of well, all right, you know, I, if I if I work on a project, I mean, I need money, I, I need revenue coming in, you know, because if I'm done, you know, then what do I do? Right? I need to find more work, I guess, pretty much, right? That's kind of how I was in the beginning. So that's kind of where I just kind of have the, got the idea. And here's the thing: I know everybody doesn't like doing that because I know I have heard, um, heard other developers be like, "Yeah, you know, it's better just to build it and then move on." And so, and, and I get it; I totally understand why to do that as well. But I think when I first started, I was more the other mindset of how do I, after I build something, like have more revenue, you know, revenue still coming in on a reoccurring basis. So that's kind of where I decided to offer that to my clients. And then a lot of the clients that I deal with, um, most of my clients are not big clients. Now, let me, I guess let me rephrase it. Um, like so the smaller, the small clients that I do have, I mean, they're probably like, I don't know, maybe like 15, 20 million in like revenue, I guess, annual revenue, which is actually not that much, you know, for uh, for a company, but I do have some that are a little bit more, maybe like a hundred million or 200 million, like revenue per year, uh, clients. Um, and those have actually be, been, are the ones that I, I feel have worked out very well because not just because I make more money, but it, ultimately they're like, well, we don't want to hire an IT team or cause then we're going to need a, a team of more than one person because of, when they take vacation and this and that. So they see like, I'd rather, they say pay you a hundred thousand a year because maybe that's kind of what the fees and all that ends up being per year. And then, you know, I end up managing and designing, managing and doing all that. And then and, and for me, it's kind of like, all right, well, long, if I could get a few clients like that, then that, that adds up. That allows me not to hire, which I have, mm -hmm. I have another, you know, maybe I'll bring a full-time employee then have like two contractors uh, to help out on certain projects. So, that was kind of the mindset and so far has worked out well. Um, but again, I do understand why some people don't um, may not want to go down that path, right. To take on that risk for sure. So um, how, how was the stability of like working for yourself versus working in corporate America? So I've been, I've been doing like working for myself now. Um, 
so before I started starting my business, um, I probably was a, a consultant contract, you want to call it for about a year. So, but from then on, um, it's probably been about four, four years, five months around there, something like that, that I've been kind of like having my own business or doing my own thing. And I would say that I don't know I could go back. Uh, I know if I have to, I could go back, right? If things just, you know, clients leave and I can't get no new business or whatever, like, I mean, I feel very, you know, confident in my skills um, because one of one of the, I, I, I would say a benefit anyways, but one of the benefits of when I'm, because I'm working on um, building different apps for my clients, well, the request, like what we're building is always different. You know, um, again, a, a traditional just, you know, like there's aspects that are very similar, like crude functionality, right? You know, you got to create and read and delete. And, and again, those aspects are kind of going to be standard in, in a lot of applications. But there's a lot of um, applications that I have built that they always have these nuances that it's completely some kind of feature that probably is, you know, never, you know, I have not worked on or whatever. It's something different. So I'm always learning. There's always something that I'm learning. And then uh, because I've been using AWS to to manage everything, there's tools that I've been, you know, like Lambda functions I have been using to kind of run certain things. I use AWS Glue to do some like data processing, um, you know, just getting you know, like my DevOps, again, I'm not a DevOps person, but I've been, I was in, I, in the position that I was in, I had to learn that because I, you know, when I started with just strictly me for one, and then, you know, um, I just had to learn it if I wanted to take the path of me managing and doing all of that. Again, I had some knowledge of DevOps, but again, I'm, I'm, that was, have never, I have never worked in that position, right? So, you know, a lot of it would just kind of me, learning as i went so again on that aspect i feel i feel very good um but yeah i i mean i, I don't think i could go back anymore i mean again if i have to i will but mm -hmm. if i don't have to i don't think i would just be like ah you know what i don't want to do what i'm doing no more let me just go work for somebody else because my my schedule is very like i get to kind of dictate the schedule um you know um, I, I have um, two two kids, so and they're they're little. So being in the position that I'm at, I'm able to do a lot of stuff. Like I pick up my daughter from school every day, and mm. I wouldn't be able to do that if I was working in a just at least in my for me in a ways like the company that I have worked at before. Um, you know, normally you don't get off to like five thirty, sometimes six, that kind of stuff. So I wouldn't be able to do none of that. Um, and it was tough too because you know my my wife, um, especially back then, and, you know we were both working and our jobs were like kind of distance from the home and got to pick up kids, so it's always like just rush, rush. And now it's very um, you know it's not that rush no more just because you know I could like schedule out you know especially during those times like all right I'm gonna pick up my daughter ex you know so I don't schedule any meetings. Well, I make sure that any clients that want to meet we can meet you know, either the next day or before that or whatever. Right. But I get to kind of control all of that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could go back. 
how, how much time is uh, spent coding versus like in meetings and reaching out to clients? So honestly, I think coding is not that much. And I think it's, uh, there, there's a few, few reasons why. Uh, one reason, uh, I'm not the only person anymore, right? So before, when I first started, it was me. So I was doing all the coding. I had to do all the, um, the architectural aspects of it, right? Design and then code it and do meetings. So I was doing everything. And here's the thing. During those times, I was working, man, I was working like 16-hour days, you know, in the very beginning. Like So, again, I've been like four, almost four and a half years in, like with my company. Um, I would say the first two years for sure. And easily working weekends as well. Weekends, not putting that many hours, but still putting in some good hours on the weekends and the weekdays. I mean, Friday nights as well, man, up till, you know, late, late hours. And um, everything's all calm now. I, you know, I got to the position where I could at least hire somebody. I could pay somebody. Mm -hmm. I could hire somebody. So now a lot of the stuff gets pushed on. They're able to, you know, focus and do all of that and they don't deal with none of the meetings like client meetings so they're not really bogged down of meetings and meetings we just have like weekly meetings you know once a week and then they just boom go do their thing um but i still code because i actually enjoy coding like mm -hmm. um so i i do code but i i think what has happened is a i don't have to code as much so that's one reason why i don't code as much but b there are certain things that, um, uh, like, even though a lot of projects are slightly different, but there's a lot of pieces of it that are very uh, repetitive. Like, it's not new. I have done before. So I think just from years of experience now, when I work on a project, I could knock a good chunk of it in a very short period of time. Or maybe before... I don't know, let's say five years ago or something, you know, just kind of gets um, a, you know, uh, a good chunk of it, the initial setup and get some of the core pieces set up. I don't know, probably easily looking at maybe a few weeks where now I feel like some of that stuff I could probably knock out in a matter of just a few days, if anything, maybe even less. Um, so I think, I think the timing too, right? Like stuff that, you know, I'm able to just jump on and like if I were to focus for an hour or two, like really coding, I, I could not uh, get a good amount of work done in that short period of time. Um, but again, I think a lot of it just kind of comes through experience as well of doing doing that. And, and because I'm very focused like on the development that I do is again Python, Django, Flask, like those, are, you know, again from the back end, it's that's what we're using. So uh and i've been keeping up at least with um django with a lot of like the latest updates and stuff like that um again when it comes to development it becomes very very easy to get initiated and um everything just gets fast faster in a way it seems like so i think coding on a weekly basis it's actually small like i, I don't know what the number is but if i were to guess it's probably I don't know, like anywhere between six hours a week for sure. I don't think no more than 10 hours a week. I think it's under 10 hours a, a week of actual like coding. Um, and then when it comes to meetings, it's it's a little bit more because, you know, uh, 
either meeting with clients. Um, like there, there are some clients that, uh, not some, actually a good amount of my clients are reoccurring clients. Like they pay your monthly service. Um, so there's always like features they want to, again, kind of, I want to add this to my app or I want to do this or, hey, what can we do for this? So because of that, you know, there's um, some of the clients we have like recurring once a week meetings to kind of review status updates and kind of get new requirements. Um, so, but it's nothing crazy, but still that's probably like a good six, no more than 10 hours uh, a week in meetings. And then, um, yeah, and then I will say the rest of the time is just kind of, um, you know, design work, like trying to just kind of scope out the project. If it's a new project, design it out. But I think, again, the development work, it's very minimal now than what it used to be, for sure. So for those who want to start their own consulting business, like how do they get in front of clients? Like how do you, how would they reach out to these companies? So for, for me, what helped me out, and this is something like I would tell people now, wherever you work, right, wherever you're working at today, it doesn't matter. If it, so let's say the company that somebody who's watching and the company that they're working for today, uh, let's, let's assume that they're not even programmers in that company. They could just be an analyst. They could be sales. It doesn't matter, right? But you work, you're working at that company. A you got to have soft skills like, you know, get um, get to know people in that organization, you know, build some, you know, relationships. Um, don't burn your bridges when you leave. So you, you end up leaving. Don't be one of these guys like, oh, when I quit, you know, F everybody and blah, blah, blah or whatever. Like, don't do none of that, man. Like build relationships, build friendships, get to know people, um, do all of those kind of things, regardless of what your role is. Um, so for, for me, that's what I have did, what I have done throughout the years when I have worked with, for other companies. Uh, I don't think I did it for the sake of, Hey, I'm expecting something to return. Cause I didn't know that I was going to be, you know, working for myself either. Just kind of one of those deals that kind of happened. Um, but again, um, a lot of the clients that I have today came from people that I knew from back then. So uh, that's how I got most, uh, like when I say most, I probably got about 85% of the business that I have today actually came from people that either I worked with in the past. So again, kind of going back, there's people that I worked with in the past that at the time they were the same, let's say the same level I was, you know, I was just a little peon in the company. They were just the same, same as me now, X amount years later, like just kind of give an example. Um, there's somebody we were both just analysts at the time, some years back. We weren't nothing special. We weren't senior analysts, nothing like that, right? And well, now he became a real close friend of mine, and we have always stayed in touch. Well, now, like again, years later, he works for this um, healthcare company. He's an executive there at that company. And now because he he has now power and authority to hire vendors and do all kinds of stuff, well, he hired me as one of his vendors to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, we're kind of in the middle of building an app for them as well. So, again, you never know, man, so whoever you're working with, like, especially, again, even if, if the position that they're in may not see 
of importance now, but you never know. Ten years from now, they could be an owner of their own company or an executive or somebody of some kind of authority. They and if you build a relationship and keep in touch and all that, I mean, it may help you out. At least for me, it has. And that's just one example. There's other examples of people that I, I worked with. Same thing, right? As we kind of moved on, like I moved on from that company, went to another company. They moved on from that company that we both worked at when they went to another company. And then they find out from like another friend or whoever, like, hey, I heard you're doing your own thing. They're like, man, maybe you could do some work for us. And again, same thing. It just kind of it just kind of how, how it worked out until it you know became a, an actual business now, pretty much. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, I've heard like, you know, uh, well, I, I perfectly experienced it. Like soft skills are extremely important. Like technical skills alone, it's only going to take you so far. Yep. No, I totally, totally agree. And like, um, just kind of touch, kind of tell you a story on that piece. So one, one, um, a previous company that that I worked at, um, there was this guy. I'm not, I'm not going to mention the name, of course, but he was very, very smart. Like I would say, without a doubt, he was in my opinion, like 10 times smarter than me. He was older than me, but he had very, like, he's been in the industry for like 20 plus years. So he has had that very deep root knowledge of it. And he was smart. Like we, we talk and I could talk to him about tech stuff and he knew exactly what he's talking about. And he had all these details, even from like lower level stuff on how things work and like very smart guy. And um, but he was one of the guys where um, he knew he was smart, but uh, he was he was just an ass about it to everybody. Like he kind of made it known, like, hey, you know, you got to do things my way because I know better than you. Uh, it's just the approach, right? Like there's things that he tried to do. It was like, and I and I, and I have talked because I could actually talk to him. Everybody else couldn't, but I was able to talk to him. Like dude, you cannot tell people, like, it's the way it's coming out. Like, you sound very arrogant. But I, I know what you're saying, and you're actually right. Like, technically, you are 100% right. But, dude, the way you approach it, it's wrong. You cannot do that. And then one day, um, he had that kind of approach was his, his I guess, not his boss, direct boss, but the, like, the uh, VP of IT or whatever, they were in the meeting, he approached him the same way, man, he was gone after that. And it wasn't right away gone, but because, I mean, I don't know, maybe the company could, could get in trouble, I guess, but as well. But it was, uh, they, they were going to have a layoff. Well, after that, though, at least that's where rumors came out, was that um, even though he was that good, but that encounter with the, with the executive, the way it came out, he's like, nope, you know. I don't want him. He got to go. And um, again, it kind of goes back. It doesn't matter how smart you are. I mean, if your soft skills are not at least reasonable to, to some extent, I mean, they could actually get you fired in some cases. How do you recommend somebody that doesn't really have uh, good social skills? Because, you know, in the software engineering world, a lot of people just like to stay to themselves. Like, how, how would you recommend that they develop their skills? Oh, man, that's kind of tough. Um, that is tough, man. Um, hmm. I mean, I think for sure you got to communicate. 
like you got to make yourself to communicate to some extent. It's kind of like practice, right? If you're if your communication skills suck, well, in order to get better at it, you got to start communicating, I guess, to some extent to kind of uh, practice. But at least if you know that you need to get better at it, hopefully you have an observation of how you're communicating. How are they taking your communication? Or are they looking at you bad because the way the words that are coming out of your mouth sound arrogant or, or are they, you know, uh, being, you know, um, uh, attaching to you where they enjoy your company. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I mean, again, I'm not one, I, I think for me, what helped me out in a ways, and I, and I know, like, I, I did not grow up from a traditional, um, like, I didn't, I didn't go to university, like, I haven't been cold, like, so, some, I know some people have been having a pack back uh, programming background from let's say even high school or middle school or whatever, you know, for me, I actually didn't start until probably my uh, mid twenties. Um, before that, I was always tech savvy from a hardware standpoint, you know, maybe like building computers or, you know, disassembling. So, I mean, I had some knowledge. I mean, I, when it comes to tech anyways, but when it comes to software, I didn't know nothing. Um, and then also in my earlier years, I worked in a warehouse. So we had to communicate. You got to communicate with other warehouse employees or other employees. And so you're kind of forced to talk and communicate where I know in software, uh, you know, it may not always be the case. It could be literally you're on your own for, you may talk once a week in a team meeting or something. That's it. You potentially could just do your thing and, you know, not really talk as much. But yeah, no, that, that that's a good question. Uh, honestly, I, um, I'm not exactly sure what's the best approach. I mean, the only thing I'll probably will say would just be, for sure, get out of your comfort zone and kind of force yourself to communicate, but be aware of how you're communicating. So if you are communicating poorly, uh, hopefully you you're able to observe that and you know make your corrections right or or of some sort. So for somebody that wants to start their own like consulting business, what are, what are some of the uh, maybe some of the unforeseen challenges that pop up, some that they might not expect? So for me, one of one of my challenges that I, I learned right away, you know, the big, big challenge, too. So when I first started the my business, my uh, one of this is from my previous employer of mine. They actually the one that hired me to kind of uh, to do a project for them. And the first project was small, right? You know, so it wasn't like a big project. Um, I mean, like dollar amount, it wasn't big. It was like sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars or something like that, right? So it wasn't nothing big. But after that, it was like I didn't have nothing else because I literally just just got started. I had some cash, of course, to kind of at least keep me afloat for a little bit. But nevertheless, I didn't have no more um, projects in the pipeline or anything, any anything to work on. And then it was probably like maybe a week or two after that, like, hey, you know, we have this idea of building this this app um, and we want to see if you could quote us and, and so on. So I had a meeting and I had a meeting with, you know, with um, the client. We kind of met and I remember talking to them. They were a little, at least at the time, because the I was talking to the people that I knew, my contact, well, they were going to push this over to, to their boss to get approval. So when we were talking, 
they're like, yeah, you know, man, like they were kind of concerned, like, yeah, you know, they, they, the amount that I gave them, they may not approve. It may be a little bit too much um, and stuff like that. And well, here's the thing. I did not charge them a lot either. It was like very, um, it was it was small amount for the, the actual work. Um, but because I heard the way I heard them talking and kind of being concerned, you know, I kind of put reduced my price. Like, you know what, that's, you know, and, here's, and, it, and like looking back at it, it was already too low to begin with, begin with way too low. Well, now I even pull it back because, again, my mindset at the moment was, well, damn, I don't have no other business. I don't have nothing else. So I'm just trying to take something right at the moment. Uh, and that's a mistake. I wouldn't do that. I mean, you got to stick to your guns. And I should have stick to the guns. And I'll explain to you in a minute why I should have. But, you know, either way, I, I reduced down the price. Then they took it to their boss and they're like, yeah, they, they approved. Then the project got going. And once the project got going, uh, again, a second mistake I made, all of these additional requirements came up after that. Oh, we would like to do this and do this and do this. That was out of scope. And but I didn't have nothing set in stone either. Like we had something basic, you know, uh, written up as an agreement. But uh, again, part of it was I think the fear aspect of it. Well, man, like I don't want to like if I start charging them for all these extra features, like they may not want to do it no more. And you know, so there was some concern of like, well, I don't want them to stop the project because man, I kind of need the money too. So it was just kind of that, you know, in the bad situation. But again, I should not have done that because ultimately I ended up trying to do all their requests that they wanted. Uh, the project should have took two, no more than three, three months. Ended up taking about eight months. So it took a long time uh, to begin with because of all the um, uh, all the additional fee requests. But besides the additional requests, the, the scope that they initially gave me, there was some some a lot more complexity that they did not even mention that now had to be, you know, developed for. So now there was like all this additional complexity we had to deal with. So it just, it, I mean, it took way more and more time, uh, months and months after. Um, and this was me just working on that project only, right? So this, I wasn't working on nothing else. I didn't have no other clients at the time. I'm literally working on that project and that project only. And then, um, and then I made, and then the third issue, and this is a, another mistake that I, you know, kind of anybody who's new, was because they were previous clients of mine. Like, I'm say not, 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 let me phrase that clients. They were a previous employer of mine. I used to work for them back in the day, but now they became a client. Uh, so there was like a good relationship, I guess, kind of trust factor. But again, the mistake that I made that I would not, you know, don't do if you're you're getting into this. I should have asked for some cash up front, and I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I because in my again, my mindset initially, but even even like I know better now. But my mind initially was, oh, this should take two months, three months max. So I was thinking more like, all right, knock it down two months, and then of course I invoice them for the full amount, then I get paid. Type deal. Well, it took eight months, so that means I didn't get to invoice them till eight months. Then to make it even worse, they, the way they pay, because this is a bigger company, is it's net 60 days. So on top of that, even though I invoiced them eight months, well, I actually did not get paid until 10 months from the start of the project till whenever. And uh, it was tough. Like financially, man, I think I was down to the last few dollars I had 
in my bank account pretty much at that time, uh, like just to to live. Um, but as, again, as soon as you know, got to that point, I mean, the paycheck did come in, uh, but a lot of it went away quick. Everything had to get paid, you know, the mortgage bill, you know, whatever, all this stuff. So even though, I mean, it was when you look at it as, as a one lump sum, it was like, all right, you know, nice chunk, but man, a lot of it went away quick. But then when I when I do the mass, like you know, do the mass over, like man, for those ten months for for what I charged, it was like probably like twelve, fifteen hundred dollars a month. But I actually got paid. Like when that's kind of what it was. It's like, dude, again, but not, not a lot of mistakes that that I made in the very beginning. And then of course I corrected that. The good thing about it is that once we finished, once we got to the point where that initial project was somewhat complete at that moment, the the scope. Then it started coming up with requests, and then that's what helped me out because at that point I'm like, you know what, you they're gonna pay for these features pretty much, and they did. That's when I started charging them. All right, you want this feature, you know, five thousand or whatever, eight thousand or whatever it is, you know, just and then um, and then of course at that point because the core of the app was already built, adding the feature didn't actually take that long. But that's where I really kind of made up some of the money in a ways back because uh, but man, it was tough. Again, always get some money up front, 50% if you can up front. Um, and then, of course, the rest, you know, at the end or do some kind of one-third, 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 you know, something like that, that sort. But you got to get some cash up front. You can't just build it out because um, what happens, too, some projects die. I have worked on projects where they actually die in the middle of the project. But at that point, when those projects that have occurred, um, and at least in my case, I did charge 50% up front. So once the project died, I didn't get the other 50 that remained because the project was dead. So it's not like they're like, oh, we're paying because the agreement was 50% up front, 50% when the project completed. Well, because they canceled, it's a done deal. But in the same time, I mean, I was able to at least get 50 of it. So it wasn't like a total loss. Um, so yeah, man, you got to get some of that money up front. And then also as you do like really write down the scope of the project and really try to ask all the tough the questions up front of what you're dealing with of that project um in order to give them a proper quote and then if you don't get too many details make it known to them like hey i'm getting too high level of details of what i need i really need some more some lower level details so in order for me to give quote properly i need a get some of these details. I need to meet with somebody or you have to tell me. And if I can't get that information, keep in mind that the quote that I'm going to give you is going to go up. You know, you know, you got to just kind of communicate and be kind of clear up front. So at least they're aware of it, you know, so they're not like, oh, well, you said you're going to be $10,000, but now you're trying to charge me $15,000. At least if they know why, because of X, Y, and reason, at least you could justify it, right? You know, um, but yeah, th those are some of my my mistakes, man, that I made and had to learn the hard way. And uh, but yeah, again, you learn from it and man, correct it uh, to fix it for sure. So like, what what are some of the um, things that you had to change in your negotiation strategies to make sure you weren't getting underpaid and overscoped? Um, so there's a few things that I have noticed. Like, I'll kind of give an example. Um, I have two, two, there's two different, they're, they're different type of clients. 
And the way I, when it comes to how I uh, quote them, I actually uh, determine it on how uh, big the client is as well. So I have one client right now that they bring in like 200 million in revenue. You know, an example, you know, then I have, I could have another client that brings in, uh, let's say, $5 million in revenue. And then let's say if I'm doing a similar project on both, um, the the approach that I well, so the the let's say if I build an app for the five million dollar revenue client, and let's say for that app maybe it's ten thousand dollars, just as an example, and they're cool with it, they pay it fine. Let's say I build a similar app for the two hundred million dollar client. Normally in that case, I'm not charging them ten thousand dollars for the app. Uh, normally in those that case, I may charge them forty fifty thousand dollars for that app. For example. And what I have noticed is they're okay with it, and they'll 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 pay for it, they'll pay it, and you know, and everything's good. If I were to charge that smaller client a higher amount, uh, they they wouldn't they they wouldn't buy. They they'll, they'll it's for them. They may be like, oh, that's too much. And 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 and, and um, I kind of picked that up from actually i'm trying to think of the name somebody on, on youtube that i watched a few years back he was kind of like a marketing strategy kind of guy and that's what he was talking about like you know i don't the way i quote it varies by who my client is if i have a big client you know i'm not going to charge them you know a hundred dollars an hour or whatever to do this kind of work um and, and and but there's there's some reason behind that too and i guess at least the reason behind he was kind of mentioning was, you know, normally big clients they're used to dealing with big players that probably charge five, a thousand dollars an hour or something like that. So if you come in with a hundred dollars an hour, even though for some clients may seem, oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting a discount. For bigger clients, they're like, no, I want good quality. Like I want someone who's a professional or someone that knows what they're doing. So when you lowball too much, it actually kind of hurts you, I think, than instead of helps you because it makes it seem like you're just this small player and they're you know it just um compared to charging more they makes them feel like all right i'm dealing with somebody that must be good or you know they know what they're doing but that's kind of what i have done and at least so far i mean it actually has worked so it's kind of the way i quote it is based on the client i do hear some of the clients like i have one one client this is like a couple of months ago where um uh, I actually knew the person. So before they became a client, kind of go back to building relationships, I knew the the guy. And um, he's the one that called me saying, hey, I heard you you do like integration projects or whatever. Maybe you could, you know, do something for me. Um, like the company he's working for anyways. And then that's kind of where I started asking questions like, well, who's doing? Because they, they had somebody doing the integration, but it was more of a... Um, the WMS company that they they um, they're they're like the software that they're using that same company were providing some service but it's always tough because a lot of the time it takes them a while to to help you out right you got to put a ticket and sometimes they don't help until a week or two later and you know so they didn't really like that that much but either way I got I, I was able to, I asked questions like hey well how much are they charging you and what are you paying and you know, and then I kind of got a feel of what's considered high for them as well, because I asked them like, you know, um, you know, though, because he mentioned, yeah, there's this other company they did some work, but man, they they want to charge us like X amount, and that's kind of high. 
So for me, that was kind of like indicator. All right, well, this is too high for you. And I see what they are, they're charging you today. Like they may not provide you good customer service, but I know they do provide a service. And based on the service they are providing, they're charging you like X amount per month, you know, whether, you know, whatever that may be. So in those cases, that's kind of how I'm able to kind of balance it out and try to quote it in a way. If, if I see that that works, right? If I have to go lower than that, then I'm like, you know what? It's not even worth doing. But if it's still worth doing, at least I have an idea like, all right, I need to quote it within this range because I already know that this is too high. I already know that the current vendor is charging up X amount. So at least that kind of gives me an idea on how to, you know, how to quote. So in, uh, in, in learning this business, did you have a mentor or was most of it like self-taught and trial and error? It was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of just trial and error. There was a lot of self-learnings. Um, again, kind of how I mentioned like the marketing stuff of a bigger client charge more, little work client charge less. Um, there was a lot of that immediate learning on YouTube, going on YouTube, just kind of you know, again, putting in the hours of getting, of just trying to get familiar with different things. Um, and again, in, in my case, I'm um, I'm a software developer, but I, there's a lot of things that relate that that are outside of that scope that I had to learn, like just basic stuff. I mean, I don't call it basic stuff, but stuff even like HR stuff, because I do have one employee, so they have healthcare, dental benefit. I had to get that set up. You know, they got to deal with taxes, you know, just, you know, got to deal with, you know, um, you know, paying employees, you know, stuff that just, I mean, normally as a developer, you you wouldn't deal with. But because now I'm, I am, I mean, I do have a business, so I have to deal with all this non, you know, programming stuff as well, um, you know, that I have to deal with. So. Yeah, there's a lot of just self-learning. Uh, I would say, though, one of the things that I have been getting um, better at, and I think it's uh, it's been paying off, is there's stuff that I've been starting to kind of outsource out for sure. Um, like for the first couple of years, I did my own taxes. Well, this past year that just passed, um, I, don't, I didn't do my taxes. I hired an accountant. And I can tell you right now, man, like let's just say the savings was like night and day. I mean, I don't know if I, I must have been doing my taxes wrong or something, but man, what I was paying compared to uh, hiring a CPA and an accountant to do my taxes for 2022, big difference in a positive way, uh, at least for me in a way, maybe not the government, but still. Um, but little just stuff like that where like, I don't need to deal with that. You know, I, if anything, I'd rather give it somebody that's better than me because I was able to save money. So they're staying. That's why I do have a few contractors now as well that do help out that are kind of more uh, kind of how I mentioned earlier. I'm not a front end guy. Like when I say front end, I, I could deal with JavaScript and some view and stuff like that. Like I don't have a problem per se with that. Um, when I, more when I say front end, I don't, I'm not a big fan of like um, CSS, you know, SAS no. is the styling of it. Right. That's for me. Um, I really never had a, a, uh, passion for that. And sometimes it could be a pain in the butt to get things to line up right or to be positioned a certain way. So I do have somebody that's, that's good at that. 
So I, anytime I need things done, I, boom, here, I'll give it to you. Like you work on that, the styling and work on that piece to kind of speed up the process. And I'm able to kind of focus on at least some stuff that, um, that I want, I want to do, I guess, which is more the backend stuff, um, stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, out of it, a lot of self learning, but, but again, I, I, I'm starting to learn more as well that, I, um, I think the more that I'm surrounding myself with other people that are actually better, I could now start more out, you know, delegating or like, like the, the person that works for me right now, um, she does like database um, mapping, like integration mappings that like she works on, like all that kind of stuff, uh, like XML, like, you know, parsing XML files or JSON files and doing some of the setting up the jobs or building, like working on AWS glue jobs or, you know, things of that nature. And um, so like now, anytime we get stuff like that, boom, it's on you. Like, I don't, I don't have to do it no more. They could do it. They focus on that. And that's kind of like how to kind of where I think I've been more focused the last year or so where like, all right, I don't need to do everything. I could now start finding people that I, I, I will say actually better than me anyways in that specific test to do those things. And um, that's kind of where I think I'm trying to, um, I think for me, I have to do that anyways, if I want to try to expand the company. And right now we work, we we actually have a, a product, like our own product. Because how I mentioned, I work, all the apps that we build are for our clients. Well, we just build our in our app that, that we own, that I own, I guess, um, called Go Share It. So this year, we're going to be, uh, really pushing that to see if we're going to have some success with that platform. Um, again, maybe it flops. Who knows, right? I, I'm not sure. But right now we have it. We have it published today. It's in a beta version. Uh, but there's features that ultimately will be rolling out in Q1 of this year. And then uh, really start marketing it Q2 of this year and at least try to see there's some kind of life with that product, right? Maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but at least I got to try, you know, you got to uh, try. Cause if I just, right now, if I just leave it the way it is there, I mean, it's not going to, nothing going to happen. I don't think, you know, cause nobody knows about it. So I do need to at least try to put some effort into the marketing aspect of it um, and try to see there's a chance for that. And I think if that succeeds to some extent in ways, then you know, I and you know that'll help the company grow, and that would allow me to continue to do what I've been doing, which is find people that are better on doing certain things than I am, and have them do it. And then, you know, I could focus on other other things for sure. So, like, uh, when, when you first started, I know like money really wasn't coming in; things were tight. How did how did you avoid like getting psyched out and deciding, hey, I'm gonna just quit and go back to corporate America? Um, so I think for me, what, what, what kind of helped out a little bit was even though money wasn't coming in the beginning, um, but I did have, I was working. The difference is it just the way I, um, did that project. I just did it very, um, I did not do it well. Um, like for example, I did not charge the customer upfront like a Porsche up here percentage up front. So that's my mistake. You know, I told the customer, Hey, I would invoice you at the end of the project because in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh, I'm going to take two months. Then I'll invoice them. 
but I didn't know either that they had um, a 60-day net uh, net on their vendors. So knowing that as well, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, doesn't make sense to wait to, to invoice them at the end. So, I, I, I mean, at least for me, it wasn't like when I first started the business, I, I had one one job, like one project, very small. It only took me about a week to do. And boom, I was able to knock that debt out. And then it was, again, very shortly after that, a week or two, I got the, um, I met with, you know, the same client to work on the other project that was, you know, a little bit bigger. Um, so it wasn't like I would just like, oh, man, I have, I started my business, but I have no clients. So I don't have no business. I was working. It just, the way I did it was just terrible. You know, I again, I, um, I just didn't have any cash coming in. But I was working though. I was working every month. It's almost like if you're you go into work every day, and the employer just tells you, "All right, I'm going to pay you eight months from now, or well, not even ten months from now, but I'm going to give it to you a, a, a lump sum, you know, of whatever it is that you worked." It was kind of something like that. But of course, the lump sum was not really a lump sum because the way I, the way my quote was so low that it literally equated to like $1,200 a month or something like that, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't even that much. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, again, once I got through that hurdle, um, right away though, the client came back, oh man. And again, this is where kind of going back to that project. Like I look back at that one project uh, and I, I mean, I guess I could tell you it's not a big deal, but uh, I quoted um, 12, it was like $12,000 for that project. That took me, eight months to do and it would really i didn't get paid a 12 months i mean think about it twelve thousand dollars for almost a year like that that's crazy like you know especially as a for anybody any job that you're doing but that's kind of what it was um what did help out though as soon as we finished that project um other quotes came in to do other stuff but even that amount that i charged like when i look back at it uh, and this is where I know I messed up and, and I could have easily like knowing the comments, at least what I heard after that. And this came from like the bigger guys in the organization that they were a big fan of that. Dude, this this app is awesome. And we should wrote it out to our other divisions and you know, all kind of stuff like that came out of it. Um, I, I think if I would have charged six figures, they would have bought it. Like mm-hmm. I think I really think like looking back at it, I could have easily charged six figures for that app. You know, 150, maybe even 200,000, and I feel pretty confident knowing. But, but again, I think a lot of it was I just didn't know, and and because of lower managers that I was talking to, they were like, "Oh man, we don't know if the if upper management going to approve it." But then when I started talking to upper management and some of these guys, dude, they were like so excited about it and so excited of what how they could roll it out to these divisions and this and that. And then I started hearing how much they pay for other vendors. For like other software that they use where they just spend like oh they spend 1.5 million for this vendor and 2 million for this i was like dude like knowing that and hear that i was like i could have easily charged maybe quarter million they would have been they would have been yeah i think in a way they would have been okay mm-hmm. that's where i like again you gotta you learn that i should have stick with a better quote but i was kind of more in that uh well i need kind of like i need the job you know, I need, I don't have no other projects. You know, I need something, something better than nothing, nothing, right? That was kind of my mindset at the moment. And, but yeah, I should not have short selling, selling myself because I think for sure I left a lot on the table. 
do, do you still feel like the that first project was worth it even though like monetarily you didn't make that much but the connections and knowledge you gained um i i think so from from that from that aspect of it i think it worked out well because again features came after that project and when they and as they started asking for these features for the features i knew they, they already had deep pockets of the world to spend so i like well you know what i gotta get some money back so that's where i started charging for again feature like for them it's like oh this is a feature we want and you know how complicated is it uh for me it literally took me like a week maybe two weeks but i was charging five eight ten thousand dollars for that feature and then you know far and, and that that i think we did that for a good eight months of doing that so again initially for the first 10 months it was like dude when you look when you break it down 1200 bucks a month maybe but after that dude, i was charging them like crazy knowing again kind of going back knowing that they had deep pockets knowing that their other vendors charge them arm and a leg so even if i charge them what i consider to be a lot for me it's pennies to whatever they're paying for other vendors anyways and, and they did and that's the thing about it that as i as i was giving them quotes for stuff again five eight ten even like fifteen thousand for one they they all got approved and they all got you know i started building it out and so yeah man within those next couple of months you know easily you know made up a good chunk for sure which kind of got me going and then after that that's when i started getting other people that i knew you know that i had that i worked for you know the word got out i guess that hey you know i was doing my own thing they're like can you build me something or can you do this or whatever and and yeah man from there it just kind of just word of mouth pretty much but again about 80 85 percent of even like today current customers are people that i have worked with before and now they're in different companies and they're in higher positions and i still have relationships with them so they reached out to me and man i started i've been working with a lot of the guys still until now um so again you know got to build those relationships for sure and uh, I think for I think one thing that's key too, when you build relationships, I don't mean either like to be fake and just try to you know kiss people's ass or whatever because you want something from them later on in the future. I mean more like in a sincere manner, right? Like just get to know people. You may have common things that's that's in common with with certain people, and you build relationships, friendships, and things of that nature. And, you never know, right? I mean, that's the way I saw it anyways. I was not ever looked like the relationship that I built, not once that I ever built this relationship with a purpose of maybe I could get something from them in the future. Maybe they could give me this or they could hire or whatever. It was never nothing even close to that, right? So it just, you know, I think it has to be kind of sincere as well, for sure. Yeah, man, I definitely uh, appreciate you coming through. I know it's getting kind of late, so I don't want to hog up all your time, man, but I'd love to have you back because uh, there's a ton of other questions I can ask you. Um, did you uh, want to leave, like, it, the listeners and watchers any uh, closing thoughts? Like, how can they reach out to you? Or Yeah, for sure. So I do have a uh, YouTube channel, and um, I'm actually bring, starting my live stream on that this Tuesday, uh, Thursday. So once a week, Thursday on YouTube, uh, 9 p.m., um, uh, so my channel is called I Am Lou, and uh, the the handle is Coding with Lou. 
on YouTube. So again, either way, you can find me either way on YouTube. Um, I do through email. I do have an email that's very specific for my like YouTube channel. So it's a uh, contact at imlu.net. Um, so you could email me. I'm very active on my YouTube with my uh, viewers. So I've been kind of focusing on building, trying to build that. That's kind of like, I think what I kind of see potentially my a next phase of what I want to want to grow and do that piece. But I, even today, I get emails all the time. I do Zoom calls with my viewers. You know, I allocate a few hours a week uh, for, for viewers that want to book time to meet one-on-one. And then I, I meet with them try to help them out, review their code base if they want. Again, Python specific, I focus more on Python, but you know, stuff like that, uh, AWS as well. So yeah, anybody could reach me out through email, through YouTube. Uh, maybe do follow me on YouTube. You'll find a, a calendar link for sure to be able to book some time if you want to book time. And yeah, I'm gonna be very uh, active for sure. Uh, more so active this year on my YouTube channel. So there'll be a lot of videos drop in soon yep thank you everybody uh for tuning in we'll catch y'all later